Caleb is running the media today. And so Caleb's going to do a superb job of keeping you guys with me today. It says, now it came to pass as they went that they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Okay. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet. Don't miss that. Don't miss that word also. Okay. And heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for the revelation and the teaching that you are going to give us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I have on the teaching microphone today. <laughs> so I'm going to attempt to teach this because I think this is something that needs to just soak down into our spirit. And the topic for this week is the same as last week, and it is simply overwhelmed and under-worshipped. Overwhelmed and under-worshipped. And we, we talked about last week very briefly about how when we become, when we as worshipers of God become overwhelmed, worship is at a minimum. We find it difficult to find a way to worship God when we're stressed, when we have a lot of stuff on us, a lot of weight. Weight is not something that we admit to until it gets too heavy. Because then we're desperate and we need some help. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you're not meant to carry stuff. That's why the scripture says, cast your cares. So just tap your neighbor and encourage them really quickly. Cast your cares. You're not built for this. You're not strong enough for this. You were made for a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify God. The scripture says that we're peculiar and we're chosen, and our purpose as priests is to worship. And so the enemy throws as much your way as possible, Lord, to keep you from being able to lift your hands. Because he knows that when you lift your hands, the presence of God comes to wherever you are. And when the presence of God comes into your situation, the enemy can't stand there. Whatever is fighting you, Lasana, has to flee. In the presence of the all-powerful God. And how many of you have ever been in a place of worship and it wasn't in church? You've had some good worship in church, but might I present to you that some of the best worship you ever had was somewhere else. In a bathroom at work. Y'all don't want to talk to me. 
Come on, talk to me. In your cubicle, in a broom closet, in the doctor's office, when he closed the door. After he said something to you, he closed the door and you just... And the presence of God is not biased. <laughs> He'll be there. He's always there, but the thing about it is, here's the thing about God. He's always there, but it's something about Ed when he makes his presence known. And that's what you feel. I feel it right now. Lord, look at the bumps. It, he makes his presence known in a tangible way. It's, it's almost apostle like a touch. To just say I'm there and everything's all right and, and let this stuff go, would you please, and worship me. Because Jakima, the stuff that's on your shoulders, it can remain there as long as your hands are down. See, it makes for a level surface when you just let your hands just. But that stuff have a real hard time. Somebody ought to just try it right now. Just, just ought to try it right now. It has a hard time hanging on, doesn't it, Ethel? It's got to, somebody said, you got to get up off me. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be overwhelmed. Because being overwhelmed makes worship hard. And I'm not just talking about Private worship, Angie. Public worship, too. Where we literally have to beg the people of God to worship the one they love. Because you got so much stuff going on. And Elder Smith said today that our focus is supposed to be on him. Not on this stuff. When did the Bible give us permission to focus on this foolishness? When did it say focus on money? Did the Bible ever tell you to chase that paper? Did it ever tell you to worry about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to get better? Did it ever tell you to pace around in your house and lose sleep? No, it said go to bed. Because he wants his beloved not to have regular sleep, but to have sweet sleep. Oh, tonight, I want you all to go home and fire your sheep. I want you to go home. I want you to draft up your letter and tell all your sheep you are no longer needed. Tonight I ain't count nothing but blessings. Laying my head on my pillow and going to sleep. I bless God. I used to worry myself to sleep. Brother Dylan, I used to worry myself to sleep at night and just go to sleep because of fatigue. But I don't know when it happened. Something supernatural happened in my spirit. Now when my head hits the pillow, the enemy, the enemy will remind me of something, Benny, and I'll still go out. 
Used to be, if he reminded me of some trouble, I'd be up all night. But God put this anointing, this sleep anointing on me. And I just want to thank him for it. He can remind me of a problem and I still go. I don't know if it's because I'm older or because of God's grace or both. All I want to do is say thank you. The other day, if I can tell my story, the enemy started attacking me, right? Because he knows I'm, I'm a thinker. My dad said that I'm a thinker. My mind, the wheels are always turning. And that's good and bad. Because being a thinker, you're able to see things and problems right. and situations. And you're able to see how that can work out and long-range stuff. But also, that's bad because when things come that you can't do nothing about, you're still going through that same process. And I'm trying to learn how to cut that off when I can't do nothing. Yeah. Oh, this bigger than me. Oh, well, I'm going to let that go. <laughs> but the thing is, the other day, the enemy kept coming at me with something. And you know what I said? I heard Creflo say this one morning about 3 in the morning when I was up worrying about something. And I said, and I remember what he said, so I thought I'd try. I said, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to worship. I said, you keep it up now. You keep messing with me. And he came when I said, oh, God, I bless you. Oh, I had a time in worship. And you know something? He couldn't stop me. He couldn't stop me from thinking about God. He couldn't stop me from focusing on my Savior. Do you know he couldn't stop me from singing praises unto him? And I want to tell you some good news. He can't stop you either. <laughs> you just got to know what's most important, you see. There are a lot of things that we have made important because the world told us it was. They modeled that for us, and we've got to now relearn and get all of their priorities out of our system. And take on the priorities of the kingdom. Somebody say, no more being overwhelmed. No more being overwhelmed. Now, now, what we're not going to do today, I remember I went to see this guy. And he said, what you're not going to do is racially bow tie profile me. <laughs> you catch that in a minute. But he was a comedian. and went to see him. That thing was funny. He kept saying, what you're not going to do. He said, and his mama said, now, what you're not going to do is stand in my refrigerator and let all the cold air out. <laughs> you remember they used to say that? What, what you're not going to do is keep running in and out of my house and have my door swinging like a barn door. That's what you're not going to do. I came to tell you today what you're not going to do is get this word, be delivered, and then go back to doing what you were doing yesterday. Now, that's what you're not going to do. Somebody said, that's what I'm not going to do. Because I believe this is a word of strong deliverance today. Strong deliverance. To set the captive free. And, and, and he, he preceded it with worship. To show his power. How he could just walk in the church and just take over. By just being there. Nobody that powerful that way just being there changed everything. Mother, he just come and just in the room. Everything shifts. So catch this. Martha was cumbered. Many of us 
have been cumbered. That word cumbered means to make idle. To make idle. That means, you know, the idle mind is the idle. It means you're just sitting. It means to stop progress. So being cumbered makes you stop going forward. Causes you to stand still. No progress, no forward movement, no motion. It, it stops you in your tracks. That's what, being, that's what being overwhelmed does. Because it consumes so much of your energy that you can't even focus on what you're supposed to be doing. To make idle, it, it is also to be drawn about. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want nothing dragging me. See, see, being cumbered, it drags you. Literally, it takes you where you don't want to go. Because if something's got to drag you, that means you don't really want to go there. So being cumbered is literally like your problems and your situations are dragging you into anxiety. Dragging you into depression. Dragging you into fits of rage and anger. Come on, church. I know that's very unseemly for a Christian. But you know we can act up sometimes. We could be the sweetest, kindest person as long as everything's going well. But Lord, let something go wrong. We will look at the phone and see who calling. I don't feel like being bothered with that today. Today and not today. Is that behavior, is that behavior fitting of a Christian? He, he, he drags us away. The, the, the enemy uses this stuff to drag us away from our righteous walk. You ever seen something being dragged? You ever seen somebody being dragged? You don't want to go, but it's taking you there. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Sister was cumbered. Her mind was distracted. She saw Jesus there. She knew what she was supposed to be doing. But all the other stuff wouldn't let her do it. That's scary. Now this is spoken of, Portia, with the barren tree. <laughs> the fig tree in the parable in Luke 13, 7. When the owner of the property said, cut it down. Why doth it also cumber the ground? Because the tree wasn't growing, because it wasn't productive, the owner of the property said, get rid of it. Because the reason I planted it is because I want it to produce. See, when you're in the production, you don't plan anything for looks. God's in the production. Matters not to him how the tree looks. <laughs> It's that it produces. That's why Jesus cursed the fig tree that looked like it was productive, but it wasn't. 
come, it cumbers the ground. It makes this spot idle. Yes. It's just living. It's just existing. We are not made to just exist. Elder just said it. We live that John 10.10 kind of life. Abundant life. You're supposed to have some joy. Some peace. You're supposed to be happy. Not supposed to just be here. Amen. When he says it cumbered the ground, you want to know what that means? It's blocking it up. And it's causing this ground to be unproductive. Normally, this ground could produce. If I could just get this tree out of here. And he had no issue. Let me say this about the tree. He had no issue with the tree. He was not emotionally attached. He just like, don't grow, got to go. But thank God for grace and the man who said, don't dig it up. Let's dig around it. Jesus. And when we dig around it, we're going to put some mess in the trench. Manure. The stink stuff. And let that soak in there and give it a chance to grow. Because it's Cause I'm gonna tell y'all something. It's something about the stuff that you don't like that makes you grow. I advise you to just hold your nose and grow. It stinks, but it's good for you. Somebody say it's good for me. It stinks that my boss don't like me. It. it it stinks that I got looked over for the promotion. It, it, it stinks that I lost my job. It stinks that I got that doctor's report. But boy, am I growing. Just like milk does the body good, the stink stuff does your spirit good. Give it some time. He says, let's dung it. I don't even like the sound of that. But, but I like the results, though. It's a lot of things that happen in our life. We didn't like the feel and the sound of it, but boy, we grateful for the results. Somebody say, God knows what he's doing. To be cumbered means to be over-occupied over with business, with the cares of business and distracted. So over-occupied, that means you got too much going on at one time. Right? So Luke 13 um, no, Luke 8, 14. Check this out. It's powerful now. It, it says, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares and, uh, and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Here's what happens when you become overoccupied. You come to church and you get the word. And while you're in church, you're like, yes, God, this is life changing. Then the cares of this world. And it choked that word out of you. 
and, and, and the word you got, it never becomes mature. Or you get fruit, but it don't grow all the way. So you walk around saying, I have fruit, but it's not mature. That's what happens when you, ha- when you become overwhelmed. It makes us o- unproductive. And it's literally choking the life out of us. We don't, we don't admit it in church, but it is. Anybody brave enough to raise your hand and say, man, I had some stuff choke me? The cares of life. Won't it though? Choke the life out of a believer. I was riding yesterday on a bus. God has really blessed me in Pastor Ruth. It's been shown a lot of favor. And I was riding on a bus with a lot of important people. And I looked at her and I said, man, I'm from the inner city. Went to public school. I'm on the bus with lawyers and CEOs. This is crazy. And, 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 and the word of the Lord came to me and it was very simple. And the word was simplify. Not simplify. 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 That he said, y'all need to simplify things. That's what he said to me. He said, y'all too technical, too complicated. You got way too much going on. Simplify. Say amen. Amen. Draw a picture if you need to. Simplify. Say amen. amen. Let me talk to you about simplify. The word simplify simply means to make simple. (laughs) There you go. To make something simple or simpler. It is to reduce something to its basic essentials. Y'all with me? It means to diminish in scope or complexity. Or to just plain old simple make it easier. You don't really need God to make your life easy. God said I need y'all to do it. He said, you don't have to pray to me to make your life easy. He said, you can make the decision. Can I I give you a tip on how to make your life easy? Don't look for people who are not obligated to love you to love you. Simple. See how simple that is? So when somebody who's not connected to me in lifelong covenant doesn't love me, it don't mess my day up. I was on the job one day. A guy came to me and told me he didn't like me. I said, so? First of all, I'm a man and you a man. That's cool. Second of all, I didn't even know you worked here. simple. I didn't know you worked here. When I applied here, I didn't know you were employed here. When I applied here, it was because they told me they paid this. The hours were this. And I felt like that fit. 
So I did not come here to make friends. I came here because I have a wife at home and a house note and some car note and electric bill and water bill and stuff like that. Now, if we become friends, that's gravy, but it's not my objective. Somebody shout, simplify. You're losing sleep over somebody who don't like you. Simplify. The boss didn't say you did a good job. Has anybody at your house told you how proud they are of you? Because that's the person you need affirmation from, not somebody on your job. Do your work as unto the Lord, the Bible says, and not as men pleases. God good with you? One and all is well. Simplify. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody said, I got to make my life easier. Huh? Have you ever been able to get the bill paid by worrying about it? Who have you been able to fix? You name one person you've been able who were broke who you could fix. Come on, tell me who you fixed. Tell me, who have you fixed? Talk to me. I'm not playing. Who have you fixed? Why are you stressing yourself out? Trying to fix somebody who like being broke. end up cumbered. My father told me, thank you, dad. I love you. Monkey management. Somebody bring you their monkeys. They bring you the monkeys and then go home. You call them because you got monkeys running around your house. That Carrie here is having shrimp. They ain't even thinking about the monkeys. They not even on their mind. You know why? Because you got them. The song says, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Not at my house. I'll pray with you. Pray for me. I'll pray with you. Come on, give me your hand. We both praying, baby. You ain't about to dump all of this on me and then go home and go to sleep. Y'all want to simplify? That's how you do it. You can't change people. You can't make somebody who don't like you or love you love you. I can't make you love me if you don't. I can't make your heart feel something it won't. You just can't do it. But I love him. He don't love you. Let him go. Move on. You got more life to live. Somebody shout simplify.
Oh, somebody just say, I've been delivered right there. The bills won't get paid by you worrying about them. The problems won't get solved by you losing sleep. Your body won't be healed by you fretting. If none of this stuff is working, why do we keep going back to it? Martha's got a whole bunch of stuff on her shoulder. Ask yourself some questions the next time we get ready to do what the world does. Ask yourself what really matters. What is the priority? Elder Smith gave us that. What should I be doing at this time? Where should my life's focus be? And am I giving my energy to something that's not worth it? Is this making me tired and there are no dividends? Look at Matthew 22. Look at this. Look at this now. Watch this scripture. Watch this. Watch Jesus simplify. Watch him now. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Watch him simplify. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He said, you know what? I just summed up every law ever given in two. Simplify. If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, then you will not worship another God. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't covet his wife. You won't murder. You won't steal. Come on! He said, just take them two there and hang it all on those two. That's Jesus. He was simple. Wasn't he? He just had this flow about him. He could walk into a chaotic room, Smitty, and just be, what y'all crying for? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? The little girl there, no, she's not. She's sleeping. I'll be back in a minute. Y'all don't even understand. Y'all, y'all. Y'all have them leave, yeah? <coughs> See what I'm saying? Simple. I love Jesus. I want to be like him. Martha asked Jesus, listen to what she says. Do you not care that my sister have left me with all this serving to do all by myself? This is what she asked when she said, do you not care? Does it, does it, doesn't it bother you that she's not in the kitchen with me? Aren't you concerned that she over there with you? See, aren't you concerned that she over there with you? Huh? Have you been thinking about it? Hadn't it crossed your mind that sh she should be somewhere else besides at your feet? 
Is it important to you? Or are you as anxious or bothered as concerned as I am? My answer would be no. Because for Jesus, it was simple. Simple. She was brooding. Brooding. Which is to moodily and anxiously think about something. So she was thinking about it so much it made her moody. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know about being moody. Y'all the same all the time. You know, even people that they say the same all the time, Benny, they ain't really the same all the time. They're just the same when you see them. Ask somebody at the house. (laughs) You want some truth? Ask somebody who lives there. Lord, bless our souls. We can be moody. Well, yes, we can. Don't y'all sit out there and do that to me. We can be moody sometimes. Good mood, bad mood, high, low, up, down, sometimes level to the ground. She was moody. She was getting kind of attitudes with Jesus. You better watch yourself, Martha. Your problem is with Mary, not with Jesus. Why are you pulling Jesus into this? Good God. So he responds, listen to this. This is what he says. Martha, you are too anxious, too worried, too bothered, too concerned, and too upset about too many things. Girl, you're just two. You got to work on that. Listen to what he says, too. I'm almost done. He says she was careful and troubled about many things. Now, the meaning of the word many, we said this last week, but we were so high in the spirit, we might not even heard it. It means a great number. So if it means a great number, we might say a lot of things. That means that the fact that Mary wasn't helping wasn't the only thing that was bothering her. She probably had a laundry list of stuff. And you have to understand that in their day, it was important to be a good host. See? So she was probably working like she heard Jesus was coming. She's probably started working like that Monday. If it was Friday when Jesus was getting there, she probably started worrying Monday. Why would you worry Monday about Friday? But what am I going to cook? Do we have enough room? Go get some ham hock. Go on there. And they out of greens. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Jesus really like greens. Well, go, go get some. Jesus would be cool with a sandwich, but you. Making a big, big deal out of. She all caught up in the servant thing. Jesus over there teaching. He's not even worried about lunch right now. School is in session. This is the priority. Not lunch. Got to catch this. 
It appears to me that she wanted Jesus to be upset with her. I'm mad, now I want you to be mad. Well, ain't that something? You ever met so you, you ever met somebody didn't like somebody, now they don't want you to like them? Well, they're not my friend anymore, so you can't be friends with them. I'm 40. Get to choose my friends. You, you better get over what you got with them. They're my friends. Jesus really has a history of not getting all excited about what we're excited about. He cares. He's just not all bent out of shape. And that's what she wanted. She wanted Jesus to be bent out of shape right with her. And he wouldn't join her. So here's my question, Benny. What was Martha working so hard? No. Who was Martha working so hard for? Because I'm questioning whether or not all that was for Jesus. I'm kind of feeling like what really had Martha stressed was Martha was worried about Martha. How would it look? Oh, we're going to have church right here. How would it look if I don't have a nice meal prepared for Jesus? How would it look? What would people say? How would they feel? You can't do nothing about what people say, nor how they feel. And Jesus is the one you should be focused on. She got all this stuff on her. All of this stuff. I saw when, when we were going through financially, I saw people killing themselves that try to hold on to stuff that we can't take to heaven. And it wasn't the stuff that meant so much to them. It was reputation. What people going to say about me if I lose my house? What they going to say about me if they repossess my car? They going to say, baby, I'm trying to hold on to mine. I heard a saying in your 20s, you're worried about people, what people think about you in your 40s. You, you, you know, you're somewhat worried. And then in your 60s, you find out they weren't even thinking about you. I believe the dinner was important to Mary too, but it just wasn't as important. Jesus took priority. Jesus takes 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 priority. Come on. Jesus takes priority. Sing it. Jesus takes priority. Sing it. Jesus takes. Do I have a beat box? Come on. Jesus takes priority. Come on. Jesus takes priority. See, Jesus, I want you to get that in your spirit. Jesus takes over how the bills going to get paid, over the sickness, over the situation, the circumstances of life. There's never a time when he shouldn't be first. We become overwhelmed whenever we mix up the positions.
whenever we put that thing in front of him, that's where the pressure, the troubles, and the issues of life start overwhelming us. Am I right? So maybe now when that stuff comes, Nelson, maybe the moment it enters and we feel ourselves about to go in that direction, maybe we should just have an audience. Because, see, what happens is I think Mary was helping because Martha says she left me. Martha says she left me. So when Jesus came and sat down and she noticed that he was teaching, that girl put them pots and stuff down. She was trying to listen while she watered. But she couldn't hear Jesus. You want to know why? Because Warren was dragging her. So she was in the same room and couldn't hear the same word. So she couldn't get the same deliverance. Isn't that a, it, that happens in church? We got so much of life on us. We're sitting in the room where the same word is being spoken. And people get delivered and get set free. And we walk out frowning, wondering why they got in and we didn't. It's because when they came in and it was time for the word, they say, forget all this other stuff. And they sat at his feet. We have to make the decision. That's on us. This stuff is not as important as him. None of what's going on in this world is as important as my God. Somebody say, none of it. This is not worth my peace. This is not worth my joy. You feel me? This is not worth my relationship with Christ. He's my priority. Jesus says to her, he said, well, you know, I got to tell you, what your sister chose, I'm not going to take it from her. She chose this good part, and I'm not going to take this away from her. He said, because she chose what was needful, and last week we learned that word needful means a thing that is necessary, which is lacking. He says it's lacking. It's necessary, but it's lacking. You think if something was necessary, it wouldn't be lacking. But he says it's necessary, but it's lacking. He's, I can't get enough people to do what she's doing. I wish I could get more people to put me on the front burner. I wish I could get more people to worship me when I enter the room. I wish I could get more people to sit at my feet when the word is coming forth. I wish I could get more people to put everything on the back burner and give me glory. I wish I could do that. I wish I, that when trouble came, I wish I could have more people who would lift their hands instead of glorifying their problems. Instead of waiting until it gets real crazy, then we go to the word. Then we go to prayer. Why wait till then? The moment it hits, go into his presence. Because in his presence, there's fullness of Fullness. Perfect joy there. 
Whenever we're overwhelmed, he goes under worship. It's, it's the way it goes. And he deserves our worship. He's worthy of our worship. We want to worship him. But the only way that we're going to be able to do that is if we simplify. And here's how Martha, here's how Mary simplifies. Jesus is here. He's teaching. I'm leaving. I love you, sis. You can come with me. Or you can stay over here. But what I'm not going to do is try to be over here and over there. Because, Sam, I can only be in one place at a time. Physically oh, and mentally. Can y'all just lift your hands right now? Can we just begin to worship him? Now, before you start, I just want you to do one thing. Just get rid of everything else. And just put your mind on him. Don't think about what you want. Don't think about what you need. Because the scripture says he already knows those things. For this moment, let's just focus on him. Because a lot of times when we worship, we're still thinking about ourselves. Can we just take a moment to just give him glory and just worship him and just magnify him? Can we just do this? Can we just take this moment to just, oh, God, I bless you. God, I love you. You are so worthy. We magnify you in this place. Be exalted, God. Mighty God. Awesome Savior. Most high God. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who came into this room burdened. Sometimes it doesn't look like we're burdened. Sometimes it's not readily identifiable by looking at the outside of us, but sometimes on the inside we're in complete turmoil. I'm praying for those people now that they have heard your word on simplification. And they're stripping away all of the weight and all of the pressures that they added to themselves. Things that they took on that you didn't even release them to take on. Responsibilities that they've taken on that weren't theirs. Things they said yes to that you told them to say no to. But they were afraid that someone would be upset with them if they didn't say yes. I'm praying for them now. I'm praying them for, for them only to take on what your spirit leads them to take on. And, only, only to have on them and with them what you have given them, God. And everything else, I pray that they'll just let it go. Letting go of the worries of life and the, and the things that they can't change and the things that they can't do anything about, the things that they've lost sleep over. I'm praying that they'll let it go. And in your presence, that they'll be at peace and at, and at rest. And, 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 and the sweeping move of the Holy Spirit will come through their life and their home and on their job and in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to fix everything that concerns them. I'm asking you to fix the things that they can't fix. I'm asking you to do the things they cannot do. Solve the problems that they have no answer to. I'm asking you, God, to be their solution for all things. And God, while you work, I pray that they will be in worship and they will be magnifying you and cheering you on. Knowing, God, that it is all in your hands. 
I pray, God, that there will never, ever be another time when the troubles of life will overwhelm us and keep us from worship. Let us learn well from man how to make first things first. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you hug somebody? Would you hug somebody and tell them I love you? Come on, hug them and tell them I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you came into this room, this is only for the people who had a lot of stuff on them. If you came into the room today and you had a lot of stuff on you, you know what I'm saying? You didn't look like it. You smiled. You had a smile on your face and everything looked well. But you, you really had a lot. You were carrying a lot. And this word helped you. I just want you to just clap your hands and give God the glory. I just want you to clap your hands and give God the glory. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Now, here, I want to say something very important to you. I want to say something very important to you. Whenever a word comes to specific to your situation, so specific that it seems like the pastor or the elder or the minister knows exactly what you're going through, it's not because God has told them anything about you. It's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a key to you, a sign to you to let you know you're on his mind. That he's been thinking about you and that he, he wants the best for you and he sends a word of deliverance for you that is so specific to your need. I want you to know that's the God who loves you. That's the God who cares for you. That's the God who prizes you above all other things. Can I say something to you? Can I tell you something? It should be easy for you to make God your priority. You want to know why? Because you're his. <laughs> you're his priority. You mean so much to him. He loves you so much. He loves you madly. He's made you a little lower than the angels. Isn't that, in, isn't that amazing? Where he sat us. Even, even the angels are asking, what is that man? <laughs> that you are so mindful of him. Why would you set him there? He says, y'all will never understand how much they mean to me. <laughs> y'all will never understand. They mean so much to me, I gave my son for him. And as you say, son, all the time, it is his good pleasure to give his children the kingdom. And the part of the kingdom is life and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's not meat and drink. It's not your car. It's not your house. It's not your clothes. Life and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I like that sound. Not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. I love y'all. Thank God for this word. Anybody here not saved today? You don't know Jesus? You don't.